Uh, I'm Joseph. I'm Juan. I'm John. Into the mic, bro. I'm John. (laughs) So So we all met through Attila's gym. Um, We haven't known each other for a long period of time. Um, I would say, John, maybe a little over a year. Uh, maybe a couple months with couple yourself. Months, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the brotherhood that we're able to connect with is it's so like colossal compared to people I've known for decades. Mm. Right. I have a good relationship with you guys, for example. Like we're all in this together, right? We come it here happened every, fast. Yeah. Happen very fast. Yeah. So we come here every single Sunday and <laughs> go through hell with like day. <laughs> yes. But uh every yeah, Sunday. uh we're just a couple guys just trying to figure it out. Figure this and, uh, life. take off from here. But I'll let John speak a little bit on some things. Well, I could get up here and say this, say that. I just want to connect with people watching me right now. I want you to see us in our rawest form. This is the beginning, the beginning of something great, but we got to start it from the bottom. I want you guys to try to connect with everyone. You know, uh, we did meet in the gym, and I met Joe probably like a year ago, like he said. DeJuan, you just came from anywhere, but it's cool. It's cool. That's how we doing it. It's like, nah, I met DeJuan a little after, you know, and uh, we all just click. We all just click. very fast. You know, work out, et cetera. And, you know, we came up, you know, we constantly, like, you guys home with our friends, you know, you're arguing, debating different topics. Everyone's got different roads they came from, et cetera, et cetera. And we just came up to do this. So would you say Dewan's like the redheaded stepchild? I think so. I think so. I just came out of the blue, literally. <laughs> yeah, he came out the blue, yeah. but he here. But you, but, you, you, but you know what's crazy? I've seen y'all multiple times. Like I've been coming to this gym Attila since 20, 2020. Mm-hmm. and I've seen you guys since then. We just you know happened to cross paths. Oh, what's up? Head nod. You know, head nod. Mm-hmm. And so I remember seeing you all the time on the treadmill. You know, there ain't that many brothers out here. I did so. see I, you was giving me the brother nod. She, oh, it was a nod. Yeah, it was a brother but nod. Let's get it. It was a nod, yeah. but I didn't catch his nod all the time. But I caught it, but didn't catch it. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, That's yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. all right, I finally meet him. He actually connected with Joe. Yeah. And then when he connects with Joe, without saying, yo, I remember you before. Our yeah. nod wasn't all there, but we cool now. <laughs> yo. <laughs> we just hit it all. Yeah. You know, and yeah. now we're here in this most genuine form. Yeah. You know, as we talking to you, I'm looking in the camera. You can see, I got to get this down. I'm figuring it out. That's why this is called just figuring out. Yeah. I want you to see it's like a demo. I want you to see us and relate to us. Everyone got to start so, from somewhere. So how about this? How about we just give a brief overview of what our podcast will be pertaining? What is it that we're going to be speaking about? Just so they can kind of have an idea. Like, for example, we're men, mm-hmm. right? We love to physically take care of ourselves. We met at the gym. Mm-hmm. We work out. So mental health, men's mental health, physical health. Um, we're all, there's no rule book of life. So we're all trying to figure this thing called life out. So I want to be a good man. As we too. all just live life on this path of just trying to figure it out together. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, like I told us before, there's that old, um, old African proverb. If you want to go fast, you go alone. Mm-hmm. If you want to go far, you go together. So mm-hmm. we need a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. In today's society is ain't that much positive brotherhood, I would say. So I think that's why we're doing this. I think it's very important for other men um, to see like-minded brothers like us talking, you know, and conversating with each other and just doing this, you know? Yeah. 
I agree too, but I'm representing the ladies too because without <laughs> us, the ladies not being in the oh building, God, we bro. ain't got they no. They got strength. Beyonce. They got they got enough no, females need, representing them. We brotherhood. Need them. We need motherhood. Come on now, we need that. Ain't nobody discredit we motherhood. Need that. We need the women in here too. I ain't gonna be going outside. They throwing <laughs> stuff at me. Now, now y'all do what y'all do. We ain't just wearing wife beaters talking to us. To us. Yo, you seen the game? No, we ain't gonna do that. Okay, I'm with y'all too. The ladies, y'all here. <laughs> Take the microphone, please. <laughs> John, nobody was talking about we're not going to be talking anything about women. Yeah. But he was kind of like setting up like You're just trying to set up. yourself up in the dating market. Yeah, literally, literally. It's okay. Just put your number out there. Just put his, put his phone Don't number worry, right ladies, on the screen. I'll take care of it. Put his phone number on the screen. I'll put the number out. He doesn't respond in the group chat anyway, so he really um, maybe he'll respond to I'm you. I'm surprised he even showed up today because I'm like, is yeah. he even a part of the team right now? <laughs> don't give him the but mic, no, bro. But that's fine. <laughs> okay, the they can say I don't. I'm just. I'm just trying to figure everything out. Group chats. There's that. I usually talk to people direct. It's more like just ignoring everybody. No, all the time. Literally, I ignore. Yeah. No, I don't ignore. The, see the part they're leaving out. These guys work out before the sun comes up. So okay, let's just rewind this. Five in the morning, six in the morning, Christmas Eve. Where was you at? And I'm gonna tell you where I was at. <laughs> Yeah, you were in the parking lot <laughs> while we're physically busting our ass. And this is the earliest century. you've ever been, too. So you actually was with us. I just, five, six in the morning, Christmas Eve, where were you at? Everyone works, mostly 90% of us got jobs. Where were you at? In the you tube. know your bed in December, what it felt like. You know where I was at? I was trying to get here, <laughs> telling another grown man, give me five minutes. And I was told when I got there, it's not enough. John, when you say five minutes, you text me at 6.03 and you come in at 6.22. Wildin'. That is, the, And that's a consistently, that's a consistent thing. Wildin'. So you're very got, inconsistent here. Joe, Joe, and then got the nerve to look at us like we crazy. Because we look at him like he crazy. <laughs> I take my pre-workout a half hour before I even come here. So yeah. I'm already like that shit crazy. So when I wait for you, I'm even crazier. This is literally how we talk on the gym. Like, while we're working out in between sets, we literally just this, arguing, usually with him. <laughs> Early in the morning, it's tough for all of us. Let's be real. I'm not saying he's not right. This man brings the structure to us. So he's right. Wrong is right. Right is wrong. I just said on Christmas Eve at 6 in the morning, where were you guys at? I was having a tough time because I was coming in Always to work out. Always have a tough out. time. All right, next segment, next subject, right. next subject. All right, so we we here, we work out, right? Right. So, talk. Let, let's 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 just put it out there. How? What? When was it your time, or when did you know that it was your time to actually start wanting to take care of yourself physically? Because we obviously all met in the gym. When did you know, like, okay, I want to start taking care of myself physically wise, and and you know, uh, how, long, a, how long you been coming to the gym? How long you been coming here? A few years now, I can't remember exactly 19, 20. It's been a few years, All right. but you know, life getting away. But I always was trying to, you know, take care of myself. I was never really fighting the scale or coming there, you know. I'm just once again just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. You come in the gym, you're just trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, you're trying to figure out how to work out. I'm trying to figure out how to host a podcast <laughs> and be up. It is what it is. Yeah, there's no rule book to life, so yeah, you just freestyling out here. What about you? Yeah, so when I was 17, I was definitely fat, right? Okay. So there was a specific moment in my life where there was this kid named Scott. I'm not going to use his last name because I don't want to trash the kid. Yeah. And um, I was uh, 
you know, my me and my mom were living with another uh, couple because uh, we didn't have money like that. So I was laying down on the bed reading a book, Mary Higgins Clark, for whatever reason. Don't ask me. That's what mm. my mom read. And this damn kid had the balls to come up, look at me dead in the face and say, damn, you're fat. So at 17, I decided damn. to join a gym, which is actually the gym we're at now. Um, but it wasn't called Attila's, right? So we're in Attila's in Belmar. Um, the gym was actually called Retro Fitness years ago. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. the signing fee was about $350 initial sign-up. Sure. $350 about 15 years ago was a lot, right, yeah. to my mom, especially because she wasn't fortunate, like, uh, financially. So that was the moment, to answer yeah. your question, I get I do a little sidebars and go off topic. Mm, but yeah. to answer your question, that was that moment where I was like, you know what? This isn't cute anymore. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I am 240 pounds at 16. It's it's a lot. And Dang. I turned to boxing. Put this picture up on the screen. Yeah. I, I, no, no, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> I turned to boxing um, where I lost a lot of weight. And I started getting recognized. And then you start feeling yourself, man. Mm -hmm. Like when you're in mm -hmm. high school and you have all the girls looking at Top you. Of the and, coming, yeah, yeah but I was still shy. Uh, but yeah. that, that was, to answer your question, that was the moment where I was like, I need to get my crap together yeah. because, like, I didn't like who I was looking at myself in the mirror. Absolutely. So I had to take accountability. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now it's your turn, dude. Yeah, so for me, uh, I'm 29 years old. Um, 2020, I think, is when I took that pivotal turn of realizing, like, I'm getting older. And you start paying attention to your family's genetics, right? Especially, you know, bro, we like soul food. We like high sodium. You know, growing up in the struggle, you eat what you could. So I noticed as my family hits a certain age, they all start getting sickly, um, diabetes. Uh, it's just sickly. You know, they result to CVS and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? CVS medication and stuff. It, it's not a healthy lifestyle. So I started paying attention. Like, okay, I noticed there's a pattern in my family. If I continue down this path, I will be just like them. So 2020, ironically, was such a negative time for the world. But for me, in a lot of ways, it was an eye-opener experience. It was a very much so a major pivot in my life, um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, various ways, but physically being one of them where I was like, it's time to buckle down. I think because Attila's was the only gym that stayed open 2020. It was all over social media. It was on the news. I was like, I got to go to this gym at least once. I have to at least go. I tried to rally up all my friends because um, I was insecure. I was at my heaviest. Um, I ain't gonna put my weight out there, but I was at my heaviest. I was not feeling good. Love handles was real. <laughs> you know, the side boobs, they was real. So I was I was insecure. So I tried to rally up some friends to come with me and they was like, Man, I ain't going to that gym. Uh, whatever. So I just went by myself and to the it was like the Mecca. I just my eyes were just glued to it. And I was like, I gotta come here. This is a place I have to come to. I try to to this day tell people, um, put people on about this place. Cause it's more than just a gym, it is a culture and it's a mindset. When you come in here, People are positive. People are motivating. People push you. You know, I think there's a negative stigma with muscle gyms, iron gyms. You know, you smell the sweat in the air. People easily get intimidated, right? This isn't a Planet Fitness. So, but that's not the case that people are intimidating. People will very much will help you, be there for you. And that's pretty much when I made that decision to make that change. Like, yeah, I got to take care of myself. And now we here. So, I will second down on what you said. So when it comes to this gym, it does get a bad stigma. Mm. Um, the brotherhood in this gym surpasses any other gym Major. that I have ever been Major. to in my life. Uh, me and Frank go back a while. I've been to his house for barbecues. I've, I've helped him move this equipment from PA, New York, Delaware to this gym physically where we almost died doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that long days, long days, man. Big man, Frank, man. man uh, yeah, he's, a, he's an absolute blessing. He's a great man, um, and I will always support him. The brotherhood here, once again, it, it, 
It's hard to describe if you're not here. Um, And I might look a little crazy when I work out and I talk to myself. And yeah, I'm that guy that wears the spandex pants and everything. He is that guy, ladies and gentlemen. He is that guy. But (laughs) I am extremely approachable and I'm always here to help people out. But once again, I just, I love this place. I love the brotherhood that comes with it. And obviously, everybody has a few outliers that come here, but sure. for the majority, I mean, everybody gets along. It's everybody, a culture. everybody culture. knows each other. Yeah, you know, by face or name. Absolutely. Uh, but that's the that's, biggest and most intimidating dude. With, I mean, tattoos on their face will come up to you and be like, "Yo, you need a spot? I see you about to, I see you about to do a squat or a workout by yourself. Do you need somebody? You need assistance?" It will be the biggest intimidating looking, scary person that will come up to you and make sure you're good. And that's just again, that's just culture here. It's just, that's just what it is, and you don't get that. Roughly anywhere else, gym-wise. And I've been to several gyms growing up. I've tried them all. I hold it down here. I rep it. I rep it. I rep it. So, yeah. I guess more or less, uh, I kind of gravitate. I gravitate of going against the grain. Like a barber would know, I just kind of go against the grain. So how I even met him, he just mentioned the spandex and him working out and zoning out. That's not a sociable thing. With me, that made me just, I'm going to do what Was I'm going to do. Was that a diss? Did you just No, no, no. That no, means he's in the zone. He's in the gym. So yeah. when someone's in that zone and they're really working out, they're not saying what's up to you. Facts, they're facts. talking to themselves. Facts. You're like, they locked in. What's this dude doing? And they might, somebody might have been saying something to him, facts. and they just ignored you, and you just like, man, I ain't rocking with him. Yeah. Here I go. Yeah. Yo. Yo. What's up, man? I don't know how to do this. How you learn how to do that? He might have been a little annoyed at that moment. Didn't know me from a can of paint. I'm going to keep knocking on the door till you answer. I'm going to do it one week, two weeks, month, eventually. So pretty much you got here. That's how you eventually. got became cool. Got cool with got you. It, you know? For the record, <laughs> when he did approach me, I was a kind person. <laughs> yeah. The way that was making it sound like I was like. It was the Black Lives Matter thing, but we got better. <laughs> that went through. It was a lot of stuff going on. You know that time frame. And we 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 made it through that. We here. <laughs> Because I would have marched, but we here. We here. Okay? We're going to get through this, and we're going to continue to get through this. <laughs> but see, this is us. This is us now. Yo, you were funny as hell. Because now, I didn't want to read off this and that. This yeah. is us right yeah. now, what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is all raw material. Um, like I said, it, the brotherhood is everything to me because um, there's always so much going on that's mm-hmm. actually negative in the world. And I think we focus on that too much. So mm-hmm. our job and our purpose here is to bring people together that maybe yeah, don't have anybody to turn to. And um, maybe our voices and our perspectives and opinions can, you know, influence you in a way where you're, you're out of those possibly bad thoughts or negative emotions or something like that. That That's really the purpose behind this. I feel, I don't want to speak for you guys, but that's where I want to drive with this. Um, Let's make it fun, man. That, that's the thing. Make it fun, educational, and that's how it is, man. Can I ask y'all a question? Um, what are your guys' thoughts on um, society and mental health? Because obviously it's it's highly talked about, right? I feel like mental health is a word that has been talked about ever since 2020, if not earlier or before, whatever. But um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts when it comes to society and mental health? What are your guys' views on that? I think men can be at a disadvantage at times because mm. a lot of men don't want to talk about their feelings. You, you, you come up and you're supposed to be the man and you're supposed to hide your vulnerability mm-hmm. because that's not going to be, quote, unquote, you know, 
so, I guess, sexy or just the thing mm -hmm. that everybody wants to see. You want to be shown that you was hard-faced, you got through it, the glory afterwards, etc. Now, I was crying in between it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was boo-hooing, mm -hmm. snot out the nose. It was rough. But you got through it. Mm -hmm. That's not talked about. It's not talked Like, a woman can say depression, mm -hmm. and it's common. Mm -hmm. A woman says postpartum depression. Oh, we're all there for you, Abel, Mabel. Mabel, we're here. <laughs> we're here for you. Tyrone come to you and say, yo, I'm depressed, man. Mm. I'm smoking. I'm doing what I'm doing because mm. I'm drinking because I'm in a low, low state. So let me ask, you just won't get drunk, so, let, so let me ask you this. Do you believe Do you believe in therapy? Do you think therapy is a good outlet or at least therapy a, or at least a foundation, a starter? Therapy is wonderful, but here we go again. It's, for me, with therapy, it's more or less like therapists don't do it all for free. You might be in depression and it's barely paying the bills, barely surviving. Mm. And now you're talking about going to see a therapist, which you need, but you can't get that help, actually. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't go to the doctor until they got to go to the ER. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. You know? That's so a fact. now They wait last minute, yeah. Now, so now, how do we help? But, help? but here's the thing, though. A lot of people grew up in environments where it is not talked about at all. Like, my, there's, pe there's families that never mention mental health. Oh, you, you going through it? Oh, you, she just having a midlife crisis. Oh, she just going through it. Oh, she pulling her hair out. They do. <laughs> she not they eating. Don't. They go they through stuff the all the time. Look at and him. And we make jokes. Hard. Yes. Look so, at him. He all acting. So that's all what I'm saying. So when do you slow. when do you feel like it's the time to either start either therapy or some type of taking matters into your own hands, whether that be through your own type of form of therapy, picking up a class, yoga, or anything like that? When do you feel like it's a time that's appropriate to realize that? Like, okay, I think I need so I need help. I mean, it's, it's mirrors everywhere. Because Sometimes dudes don't do that. Remember, guys don't, don't do, that. do that. They wait till the last minute. So when... Uh, when you losing the angles, when you wake up and, you know, you get up day in and day out and you're starting to lose the angles and relationships around you and things seem like they're closing in, you know. Like, I haven't personally went through depression, but when I met people who went through depression, I sat down and talked to them. And when I talk to him, I ask you, so what's the point when you're going through it? And everyone, without them knowing each other, told me the same thing. They don't know that they're in that rut at that time and moment. Mm. If they did, they would do something or say something. Mm. That's what depression is all about. That's the scary thing about it. Mm. You know, it can be the most happiest person with his kids and his family. And you wonder why he went and committed suicide. And everyone got the same story. He was happy with us. He was out. He was this. We didn't know. We didn't see it. He didn't know he was in that rut. Mm, Depression isn't so like, it's not the flu. Who? I got it. I'm depressed. Mm, it's that's not real. that. That's real. But that's when therapists come into play. And like I said, healthcare is to be sold. What you think? So the question was about mental health, right? Mm, when right. is it the right time? Mm. I think every second of the day. So with that being said, I think you need to stay occupied. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to speak for men. I think men are very outcome driven um the majority majority we're talking in majorities here we can't talk in absolute you know everything mm -hmm. so i think when you're occupied as a man your mental health becomes more stable absolutely the minute that you're in your own head and you have the time to think more like you're isolated for example i'm a yeah so for example i'm a salesman so i have days where i could work 14 hours i have days where i could work a half hour those half-hour days for me mentally are tough. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because I have too much time to myself. I have too much time to think, and I get in my own head, and I'm lazy, and I lay around all day. Mm -hmm. If I'm busy every day, no matter how exhausted I am mentally, right, I'm in such a better mood when I get home. Yes. Right? So 
I think the more occupied you are, the less, um, you know, your mental health suffers. Absolutely. That's why, like, doing this, man, this is a blessing. Like, it gives me another thing to do. To do, yes. Right? You have to constantly stay busy, you know. Um, I started to read more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making that a focus. Uh, I'm just, there's always something I'm trying to do. There's never a day yes. where I'm like, I'm not going to do something productive, right? So, real. yeah. Real so support. when it comes to, like, the gym, like, I don't consider myself a professional bodybuilder or anything like that, but... You know, the rule is, oh, you need rest days. Like, yeah, cool for your body. Mm-hmm. Not for my mind, Not I don't. Mind. I'll go yeah. crazy. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I come in here on two days out of the week, like a Monday and a Thursday. I'll do abs and some cardio yeah. just because mentally I'm like, okay, I'm locked in. I'm very routine. Yeah. If you don't have a routine, you're, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of the term, but it, I think it's like a, uh, whatever rhythm gets messed up. Absolutely. And um, it affects your mental health because it's telling your body that like, oh, I don't have any time to get up. I don't have any time to go to bed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so structured that my mental health has increased dramatically over these last couple of years. Sure. So, for example, like, I'm up at 3.50 on the dot every single day of the week, every day. What I do, I get up, brush my teeth. That's real. Rinse my I face, mean. throw some clothes on. Yes, my spandex to come here. Uh, my <laughs> spandex, get everything together, take my pre-workout. By the time I get here, yeah. I'm working out. I'm out by 6. I get home 6.37. I'm showered, shaved, yeah. ready for work. That's a system I have put in place that I benefited dramatically from yeah. because it's a system and it's continuous. It's constant. It's repetitive. Yeah. That helps mental health, in my opinion. I am not a psychologist, but I'm saying when, as a man, from my experience, when I'm set, mm-hmm. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. When I'm not set, I'm effed, you man. You know, it's funny. My mom always used to say, um, you know, as kids, you, you for the summertime, you're bored. And you don't have nothing to do. My mom always said, find something to do. Because any kid or any person that has too much time on their hands, that has too much time on their hands, always tend to find trouble or trouble tends to find them. So my mom always said that. Find something to do, whether it's com- like just do something. Find something to be productive. Do something that you don't normally do. If you're so used to playing outside or playing video games or whatever, go take a walk. Go spend some time. Take your phone out. Um, take leave your phone at home. You know, and go take a walk. Detach from society. Detach from the world. Detach from technology, and do something that you wouldn't normally do. Because, like I said, if you have too much time on your hands, you're bound to get in trouble at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What you got? I uh, I try to. You know what? Uh, if anyone I call a acquaintance or a good friend, I try to reach out to them and find out, just personally find out what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. After I talk to you a few times and I find out, okay, this guy could do this for a living. This guy does that for a This guy. If I reach out to you, I'm probably going to ask you, what are you doing? Sidebar real quick, not to cut you off. Check on your, friend, uh, your funny friends, too. Your friends that's always cracking jokes, the one that's always looking like a good time, the one that, that resembles Robert Williams. Could check, be hot. Check something. on that friend the most. I'm telling you, that friend he ten, tends to be suffering a lot in silence. I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut you yeah. off, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, like I would reach out and find out what's going on. Which I, you know, hey, what's up? Uh, mm-hmm. How's this and that? Your work or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you say reach out to that uh, that goofy that happy friend, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's because they're trying to overcompensate and absolutely. hide something? That's they're where, That's where we're driving. Okay, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're usually the main ones that suffer the most. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that probably people please the most. And with that being said, they probably don't know themselves, which is why they spend most of their lives pleasing others and appeasing to others. They're a servant in their own body. They're a slave to themselves and they're a slave to whoever they're always people pleasing to. Um, and I'm only saying that because that's the role that I, unfortunately, in a lot of ways in my life, family and outside of family, um, that role was given to me. I had to learn to people please. I had to learn to, you know, 
play it cool or, you know, just downplay it or just always serve others um, in a negative way. So I just want to put that out there. And I guess my question to you is by being a quote unquote people pleaser and you're probably is it safe to say that you're putting their needs above yours at the time. Yeah, this is X. This is this is X. I've done the work and I'm doing the work. So, yeah, this is X people pleasing. And, yeah, that's exactly what it was. So that's exactly what it was. It was so, a responsibility. So with that being <laughs> said, have you felt that your uh, personal mental health has declined in any means by putting others first prior to you? Um. I wouldn't say necessarily decline, but I think it definitely, it taught me how to find that balance. In order to serve others, you have to first make sure you save yourself and serve yourself. They teach you when you go on the plane, before you try to save the person next to you, make sure your stuff is all good. Make sure you're strapped up and ready to go. Then you can take care of the person next to you. And it's the opposite when you're taught to be a people pleaser. You're taught to completely give and devote everything to somebody else. And usually they're toxic. Usually there's some type of trauma bond with that. Um, and you completely neglect and starve yourself so much so that you, a lot of people don't know who they are. A lot of people like us or like us have, um, identity issues. So you're growing up, not really even knowing who you are. You tend to just kind of morph into whoever you're around. That's crazy. When I look back, that's crazy. I can believe that was me. So in a lot of ways, 2020, having my spiritual awakening, I ended up realizing I started learning more parts of myself. Like, yo, this is actually who I am. This is this is the foundation of who I am. Because years, I didn't know who that was. I didn't know who I was for many, many years. So, yeah, that's why I said check on that funny friend. Check on that friend that's always laughing and joking. That's always, what's wrong with you? What's up in your world? But you never ask them what's up with them. Because you don't know what they're going home to. So. I kind of, uh, I kind of try to uh, take a different event mm-hmm. And uh, it's more or less, it's the only way I can describe it in my way of thinking so you can understand me better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when you cut the lights off, right? It's so dark. Mm-hmm. It is so dark right when you cut the lights off. Mm-hmm. But if you stick with it and stay for a while, somehow your eyes start to adjust to the darkness and it gets lighter. That's true. That is how I view dark and adversity and issues that come arise. Absolutely. I'm gonna, it's going to be hard. Like the chicken pox, it gets worse before it gets better. That's how I view Yo, problems. That's hilarious. how I see. Like that's how I really see it. Go through that. It's like you know, enough. something's dark and something's bothering me. Whatever the case may be. You think men should seek adversity? I think adversity. First of all, life is adversity. Right. So, Bottom line. So it, how you handle adversity is going to tell whatever success you're going to have in anything you do. That's a bar. I like that. I like the period. Period. So you. So what you're saying is, as a man, you should you should want to. You should want the adversity. You should, you want, should adversity. want You it. should be prepared for the challenge and take. And even if you lose in in that moment, you know that you gain wisdom loss, and lessons from exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. A loss right. is I like a loss. That. You either win or you learn. That's a bar. It's not a loss. Wrong word. You either win or you learn. Yeah. And lose. That's a bar. You know. That's a bar. So it's sort of like embracing the suck, right? You have to. I feel like in order to be what it is to be a a a a man, a true definition of a man, not a beta male. Not a not a man who's pacified and who allows society as well as his wife or whoever else to dictate his future and tells him what to do. A man who who pulls his own, who pulls himself from, from his bootstraps. That's what it is to be a man. Yes, you have to seek adversity. You have to go up against it and be like, listen, this sucks, but this is life. Okay, so I, I guess I'll challenge you on something. So when you say seek adversity, I don't think anybody wants to seek it. I think you should be able to weather the storm without faltering. If that makes sense. Um, I think adversity makes a well, like a more well-rounded man and or woman. Challenges you, yeah. Yeah. But I, I also don't think if a man doesn't face adversity that he can't be a man. Because, I mean, 
my definition of a man is just somebody that's able to uh, sort of handle life that's thrown at him without mm. buckling while taking care of and providing for his family and mm. keeping himself well put together. That doesn't necessarily mean anything of a financial status. Mm-mm. It means how you treat your wife, how you treat your girlfriend, how you treat your husband, so on and so forth, and your kids and how you handle yourself, what, what value you bring to society. Mm-hmm. That's what I define a man as. And you don't have to go through adversity to bring value to society, I feel. Say that one more time. I just want to You do it. not have to go through adversity to bring value to society. I agree. Not to society, but to me personally, my own personal walk, I seek challenges now. When I see op- when I see a challenge, I see an opportunity to be better. So that's why I say that the actual definition of the actual word seek adversity, because for me, I see opportunity to, again, win and overcome. And if I don't, I still learn a lesson. So I become wiser at the end of the day. So that's why for me, I say I seek adversity. Totally understood. Um, but you also said seek challenges. I think challenges and adversity are different. Okay. I think uh, so. When we're talking about challenge, that it, it, it could just be something minor. Adversity is like severe, right? Yeah. Like, but but it's cha- from both of them, and they both become lessons. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But so maybe it's the wording that throws me off, mm-hmm. right? The because uh, because adversity isn't something like that. You're you don't just go out like looking for it, right? A challenge. If am I saying this right? Like a, a challenge is something you choose to do. Sure sometimes sure. right some things are challenging in life where it's like shit it got thrown at you sure. but like a challenge would be like oh, for example this might be a bad example oh i'm going to try to go bench 315 that's a challenge right yeah. you're that's not adversity right okay. so depending on the topic that we're talking about the words okay. are totally different sure that's why I, and i'm not challenging i'm trying to understand mm-hmm. which one are, are you using them both in like the same context yeah 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 okay yeah uh i kind of view becoming a man is like before you can become a man, I think at the beginning, it's like when you're a little kid, first and foremost, the first thing when your parents take you outside, they necessarily don't tell you how or what, how to ride a bike. And you keep falling. Mm-hmm. And you're going to keep falling, but they keep saying pedal. Hey, just relax. Keep pedaling, pedaling. And eventually you pedal. In that lesson of learning how to ride a bike, I look at it as, you know, consistency. You didn't stop. Mm-hmm. Your cuts and scars... As part of the, as is is part of your adversity, which you went through to try to learn, and once you get up and you keep doing it and keep doing it, you eventually get it. You know, you didn't get a manual to it. This life, this life doesn't come with a compass or whatever. You know, all you got is instincts at times, and sometimes your darkest moments—that's all you got. You got to feel it sometimes. Sometimes you know? your darkest moments are the best thing you got. I think I this think you learn more from thing, the dark, which is why. You want to go for it. Like, it's innately in us as humans, right? The fleshly part of us wants to run from pain, right? Mm -hmm. Ow, scratch. Don't do it again. Ow, that hurts. I'm going to stay away from that. But a person who, again, seeks challenges or or even adversity to a degree, you realize, okay, I've learned a lesson. I have a battle scar. There's a lesson behind this now. You know what I'm saying? So now when greater challenges come in life, you're not going to run from them. That's all I'm saying, you know? To be a defined man is to not run from your problems. Because I think a lot of people tend to do that. It's easy to avoid. It's easy to use vices. It's easy to, you know, just turn a blind eye. No, you need these challenges to make you a better person, a better individual in life and in your own personal life. Yeah, Yeah, so a man of God is not a man of comfort, right? Absolutely. Okay, so that's sort of what you're, like, saying in a way, right? So I guess one of my questions is, let's stay on the topic. So one of the questions that I have for both of you are, 
what was the moment in time, right? And this would be a broad question, but mm-hmm. that you realized, like, hey, nobody's got my back as a man. Like, I need to be this guy because guess what? Nobody's coming to save me. Mm-hmm. So what was that? That Was there a moment and or moments that was like it was that that uh, aha moment to say? Yeah, I'll be brief. I'll make it long story short because there's a lot of context to it. But I think I'll just say my all-time low, right, my rock bottom in life where I knew that I was alone. When I was, I guess you could say I was homeless. I was staying out of my car for like, and it was three weeks, right? So I'm not going to sit there and play like victim or whatever. But I, nevertheless, I, I stayed out of my car for three weeks three because hours. I was, it was, it was, it was challenging just from the, from the lifestyle that I was, it was challenging when you're in a lifestyle that you know, you no longer want to be a part of, you know, you outgrew the people, you knew you outgrew certain parts of yourself, toxic parts of yourself but you haven't met the full positive version or the outlook of that life yet. So you're stuck in this weird transition area where you do often probably feel like you're alone because you're like, I've outgrown these people. I've outgrown this part of myself. I've outgrown this lifestyle, this toxic way of living, but I have not yet met people yet who have came yet. You know what I'm saying? So this was around 2021 where I was literally, um, you know, I was lying to my girl saying, yeah, babe, you know, I'm, I'm over at home. And then I'm lying to my parents saying, yeah, I just did. I wanted to be alone. I was, I was, at my darkest, and that's why I would say really God spoke to me. When I was literally living out of my car, it was raining, it was 3 in the morning, I'm bawling my eyes out listening to Maverick City, and yeah, that's when I hit my all-time low, and I realized, like, wow, I'm really not, I'm, I'm kind of alone right now. And, I'm, and again, people-pleasing, you don't realize when you people-please, you're already alone. When you people-please, you're already alone, but that's the illusion of making you feel like you have people around you. I'm appeasing these people, and in return, in, in exchange, they're going to like me, they're going to love me, they're going to validate me. You're already alone. So by me, stop people pleasing. I'm now realizing, dag, I've been alone. That was a real eye-opening experience for me. So that was mine. What about about you? Your Uh, all-time low, your rock bottom when you was just like, bruh. Rock bottom. Because I feel like every man has them, and every man will have probably a few of them in their life. It ain't just one time. Yeah, so (laughs) once again, it's just like, what was the defining moment, right, to where you're like, hey, if I lost, how do I say this? Where you need, where you realize like nobody is coming to save you. The defining moment for me, I want to say is, uh, this was honestly very early on. Uh, you know, in Camden, that's where I grew up. CMD. Going to school. And uh, it was a lot of, uh, what's the best? If you wasn't in cliques or something, whatever the case may be, until you knew certain people, you were going to somehow, someone was going to try you. This just was going to happen. Facts. And this is not the Brady Bunch where someone tries you and someone's there to save you. My father was a military guy. He knew I was going through. I think I came home once or twice. He said, yo, somebody this and that. And I'm having problems in school. He looked at me and said, you know what? What are you going to do if no one's here? I ran home. Two guys, they've been messing with me, whatever, whatnot. No one was there. I had to figure a way out. You mean like nobody was physically home? No one was on purpose. He was home but wasn't home. (laughs) He was home but was across the street. He wanted to teach me a lesson and wanted me to figure it out. You know, I had to get out of always going to depend on someone else to take care of me. So, again, running. Running from your running from your challenges. Right. What did I do? I had to turn back and fight back. Bullies are bullies. So the minute you hit one, the other one might get scared. You know why you're a bully? Because no one tried you. You're no longer a bully once you get tried. Once someone stands up to you, you're no longer that. That's facts. You know, and bullies, did, and bullies are victims themselves. Too. Exactly. You, know, you look, you look deep within their history. 
there's abuse, there's trauma, there's there's a reason why they became the villain. But no I villain don't have to have you take that out on facts, me. Facts, 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 facts. I, I didn't, I didn't need that. Absolutely. You know, so this is what happened. Mm-hmm. That was the moment. From that point on, even though I had loved ones and people, I look at it as there's no one for me to run home to. That was the lesson. That was the lesson, no matter what, you know. And that was that first time. And to then, even now, I don't care if you were a good woman, whoever, friends, I don't depend on them. I need, you know, I don't depend. That's a plus. I want you in my life. I want us to be together. But if something happens, I can't. I can't be out here, you know, without. That's facts. Right? That's no one's gonna take care of you like you. That's facts. That's facts. Right, facts, so yeah. that was that was like a defining moment in how I use in anything I do in life. That's facts. That's dope. That's dope. What about you? Yeah. So the minute I realized like I didn't have anybody and I had to do this for myself, it wasn't at an early age. I had my mom for my whole life till I was like thirty-one. So after my mother had passed, God rest her soul, um, I realized like, oh crap, like nobody like i have like what you were saying john like you had family right but i and it's not to knock them but i would never depend on them i could depend on my mom right even if she didn't have the financial means like i had a crappy day at work i can call her she actually she would call me like nine times right leave me to wife of all the voicemail saved but when she had passed that feeling it's hard to describe if you haven't lost a parent um you feel cold and uh it's it's not that i wasn't like depressed but i was just i felt alone right no matter you know dana was with me uh when she had passed but in that moment i realized i'm in a whole new chapter now in my life right even a new novel man it's a whole new novel because now it's like okay i have nobody now i have to start my own journey and i don't mean this in any certain way because i'm it's just a whole different, it was a different perspective that sure. I had. Like exactly. I walk different. I talk different. I think different. I treat people different. Mm-hmm. And, um, I realized like I need to be this man for Dana, mm-hmm. right? That way she doesn't have to worry about anything for her life. Our kids don't have to worry about our future kids don't have to worry about anything. Like I was like, I need to change my life. I need to change my career. I need to mm-hmm. do better at work, you know, to put myself in a better mind state along with making, you know, a a healthier living so I can give them that. That was the moment. So when I lost my mom, like I said, that that was that moment where it was sort of like a gut punch. Sure. And I still to this day don't think it's actually hit me. As crazy as that may sound. Wow. But that wow. changed me to where I'm like I need to and I wasn't like off course. Mm-hmm. But it was just more so that was that moment where I was like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. is here to help me. Wow. I need to do this for my own. I need to put those boots on, lace them up, Facts. and sort of Facts. be the man that, Facts. you know, my family needs. Facts. And along with my friends, too. You know, I wasn't the best of friend of people. So mm-hmm. when I lost my mom, that was that's the answer. Yeah, I'm definitely sorry to hear that. And and speaking on that, too, I think when if you're lucky to not have death happen close to you, um, you, you won't understand. But when you have, when you lose somebody close to you, that's right, tough. death, that's tough. That even at a young age, that's a real tough experience with reality in the spiritual realm it's far beyond it far it far surpasses like really the comprehension of like how important life is when you lose somebody very close to you because death is like it's it's extremely like an eye-opener experience like wow I, you mean something i can no longer feel them touch them look at them hear their life you know what i'm saying it's very it's very real yeah and it's it's so deep when a son loses their mom mm. 
because that's that is the first. Yeah. That's your like first true love. Yeah. Without sounding creepy, no, it, not at it's all. like it that's that's you who, learn to love through. That's her. your ride or For die. Real. Yeah. Like that is your like I would. I would go to war for this woman because I know for a fact she would kill for me. Sure. You know. Sure. Sure. That's powerful, bro. That's powerful. I think uh, in death, uh, in my experience, I got a chance when someone close to me passed away really to find out who the people were around me. Mm. I, I fell into a thing where I thought I had accepted people for who I wanted them to be, mm. but not who they really were. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find that when you're in your darkest moment again mm-hmm. and when you have no control over a situation and these people who reach out to you then are the ones who actually care for you because they have nothing, t- you have nothing to offer to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's no... Out of the ad- kindness and graces It's grace. There's no ulterior yeah. motive. Yeah. They have no reason to be here for any other reason. Yeah. You're at your lowest point. Someone didn't pass or whatever. A lot of people will be around you. When you lose someone close... People are around you for viewing. Yeah. They're around you for the gathering of the food. Right. They're around you for that little moment. Yeah. What happens afterwards? That's the true healing process. When well, you have to go back home like, by yourself. That's the thing. You got to go back home. And the birthdays start going by. The holidays Jeez. start going by. Yeah. Then what? You know what you're going to start seeing? Who's really who? Mm. You might have thought they were certain people. I had plenty of people. And family can be the worst to let you down. You know, knock on the door. Family can let you down more than anything because as a child, that's who you connect. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your first impression. Mm-hmm. The uncle this or cousin that, this, that, blood, blah. Man, oh, man. We may share blood, but we don't share the same view. That's true. And that's a harsh reality, too, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a harsh reality. You know. That's a bar. Yes, yeah, so I'll second John. Um, so I have uh, family. Uh, they're not blood, but I they were adopted as well. And they actually lived with me for a few years, and my mom. And, you know, when my mom had passed away, like, I got a text message. Like, hey, you need me. I got you. Like, the fuck? Like, no, call me, bro. You haven't called me. You haven't spoken to me. You haven't met up with me. Like, so what you're saying is, like, that, that to me, it's still family. They haven't even, they don't know what I do. They don't know how my mom had passed. They don't know where the funeral was. And, like, you said... When they pass, it shows you, like, who's really there for you and who's not. So I really don't make much of an effort to reach out to them, and I don't know how much of that's on me. But I have tried, and I still don't get anything, but it showed me who they truly are as people. Maybe that's a little harsh, but it is what it is. That's, I'm going to call it like that. Um, I feel like if you have enough time to, and I'm sorry I'm getting off topic a little bit, if you have enough time to, like, go out and drink and party and do all the stuff that's like, like uh, you're you're almost a non-factor to society, unfortunately. Sure. And uh, you can't call the one man that was there for you when your father was hitting you. But you can't be there for me in the lowest point of my life where I needed somebody. And these are grown men. And, you know, they, they know, right? But, yeah, sorry. Well, what's the, what's the quote that says, um, when people show you who they are, believe them? Simple as that. When people show you who they, family are, especially family. Because family like to put on a family front. They like to put on I'm a family facade. Family. Oh, blood is this. FOE, family over everything. The, the, the family yeah. members, to me, to me, the family that talk the most like that, oh, that's my cousin. The ones who do the most of that are the biggest red flags to me. Because for me, you're justifying, uh, you're, um, you're, 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 com- you're compensating. You're compensating for your true actions. Because instead of you just being there, why you got to talk and tell them, that's my cousin. I love it. I die for them. Really? I don't think you would. For real. 
That they be the ba- they be the worst ones. So when people reveal them true selves to you, take it for what it is. Don't oh that they just had a bad day. Ah, they might have had a bad day, but pay attention to patterns. Patterns are consistent. They can have a bad day here and there once in a while. People, you know, we're human, but pay attention to the patterns. This is a habitual pattern that continuously happens. That's who they are. Family, mama, your daddy, whoever. That's who they are. They evil. Like, <laughs> but that's right, your mama. You, that's your dad. That's your example. sister. It is what it is. Like, like all right. Fr- okay. Friends, family. Like I said, someone passed away. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you're going to see who's who. Who's going to be around when it, the smoke all clears. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reverse it. It's not going to be as pretty. I've had friends and some of the closest friends. When they get locked up, and this is big in any community, black, mm-hmm. white, but especially in camp, you got friends who get locked up. Mm-hmm. No one's visiting you. No one's answering your calls. No one's money your books, whatever. None of that. I will say I've done those things. I may go see your baby mama. I may don't give her much, but I didn't give her something. Yeah. I didn't wrote you. I didn't came to see you. Why, at that point in time, no one else is reaching out? All I can say is if I want to define who I am to you, it's when you in your lowest point. Mm. Obviously, you got caught doing something you wasn't supposed to do. Mm. No one else is there, but they was there when you was out. But on some street stuff, though, that also shows you that also shows you that like again that street culture ain't really as valid as they think they are. Because again, what well, we running together, we hitting licks, we doing all this type of stuff. But then when homie get locked up, he with your baby mama now. Now he laying up in your crib eating your kids snacks. You get mm. what I'm saying? Like you hear that story all the time too. So that whole street life really ain't as valid as as they try to portray. Like. It's mad stories. It's in movies. It's in black movies. It's in com- it's in comedy skits. It's all around. You know what I'm saying? That this, they're not as valid as they really think it is. You know that street life is is very flaky. Very you know very flaky. So who do you think paints a narrative to promote the street life? Who paints the narrative? Who I think two. There's two culprits. I okay. think you have the higher ups who have the money to fund drugs. Guns, alcohol, that type of lifestyle. But then you have the lower <laughs> bait people who also play in that lifestyle that are in the inner city. So you have the higher ups that, to me, that stay out of the inner city, but they can fund it. Then you have the lower ones who, to me, you know, you got your, I'm not trying to throw names, but you got your gang lords, the gang leaders, the politicians who are corrupt, <laughs> the pastor who's corrupt. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got people who don't want to see these inner cities really thrive and make a comeback. So, yeah, there's two two culprits that I see personally. And what do you and think? And that's in every city. Yeah, I agree with you. And what do you think influences things? Do you think, like, I can't really speak on your community too much, right? So, um, but statistically, like, there's a lot of, you know, crime within, with amongst you, mm-hmm. each other, is it fair to say? Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed also in, like, the lower income areas, right? And that's not just saying of, you know, black people. It's right, like lower income areas. There's a lot of like Planned Parenthood. There's a lot of liquor stores. There's a lot yeah. of, you know, just un- unhealthy things to eat. And that might be a little size, but it's always something, yeah. right? And then if we're talking about influencing people to do things, right, I feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of, I listen to rap. So for the record, I'm going to say that. But I feel like there's a lot of rap artists that people actually take serious. I don't take anything serious. I listen to it, mm-hmm. right? But they take serious, like, whatever they're rapping about. Like, I don't know how to cook. I don't got, like, all that, mm-hmm. right? It's such a extreme example. Mm-hmm. But I think it leads the younger generation because I think we are what we consume. Absolutely. Uh, physically and mentally, mm-hmm. right? So food aside, like, if, if you're reading content, right, You're and it's positive content, it's going to influence you in a positive way mm-hmm. from my understanding, mm-hmm. right? 
if you're listening to music constantly, it's going to influence you in an X amount of way. You mm-hmm. can say it doesn't, mm-hmm. but, but it does. you might not realize it's it doing does. more, right? It Same does. with TV shows. You get caught. It, it's what you consume, it's, man. TV's garbage. It, all of it is garbage. It's garbage. Music, a lot of it is trash today. This so, generation. So what I'm getting at, do you think that the uh, you know rappers and certain celebrities, uh, do you think they influence uh, the young generation in lower income areas negatively? Absolutely. And what impact do you think it'll have long term? Um, yeah, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll say this as well too before I answer your question. Why do you think projects are called projects? I no, I was about to say I, I think low income a lot of times Wait, can real, bring, real, real quick, can bring though, low income thinking. But real quick though, why do you why do they call projects projects? Why do they call it a project? Why is it called a project? That is a good. I question. got you because the government was so blatant that they're telling you the, exactly what they're doing to uh, to y'all. It's an experiment. We're going, after the 1920s and 30s, you had thriving black neighborhoods. You may not hear about it, but if you do your research, you actually, like, look this stuff up. We thrive in Tulsa, um, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. right? You had the Black Wall Street. You had a lot of black successful neighborhoods and entrepreneurs and people that was actually making something of themselves and their communities. So what they did was, we're going to create these projects. We're going to create drugs, alcohol, poverty. You name all the negatives. We're going to collectively put y'all in these buildings, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to see how y'all act. Like animals. Projects. It's a project. But here we go. It's exactly, right. simple as simple as that. It's, it's, it's simple reverse, as that. Reverse thinking. Someone who lives from a middle to upper class neighborhood, when they graduate college and come home, oh man, it's 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 either it's either the opportunity or everyone's congratulations, this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. Little Leroy, little Tyrone, whoever the case may be. He comes home from jail doing a seven-year bid. There's a block party. People are everywhere. It's a big thing. Let Tyrone come home from college. You think you better? You ain't getting that same praise. You're not getting now, the same now praise. Tyrone, this is now the let, reverse. Now let Tyrone come home from jail after he, we all know oh, he did it. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's over. The whole block lit up. The whole now, block. answering your question, yes, it will be detrimental. It's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It will become more detrimental, yes. So, um, higher society, meaning rappers, um, black mogul, people like that, yes, they are exploiting the black community and they make their profits off the black community. Everyone does. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not super left or super like that, but it's just the facts, you know, you got to have a lower scapegoat and that's just, just pull out of the ghettos, pull out of poverty. The people are ignorant. They're most ignorant. They're most uneducated. Unfortunately, in a lot of ways they are. And with that, you can easily exploit these people. And it just doesn't mean black. Anybody who's uneducated, anybody who's ignorant, who lacks education and resources, you can you can take advantage of them. I mean, come on. This is capitalism we're talking here. Like, come on. So what would be your advice to the uh, listeners and viewers that fall into that category of the lower income areas on the younger, not just necessarily on the younger side of things, right? Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. fair to say just that. Because mm-hmm. we have some people 30s, 40s, and 50s that still do the same sure. shit. They never grew up. Right. What would be your advice to them when consume apart from hey to stop consuming the garbage mm-hmm. on a continuous basis because once again we are what we consume right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would be your advice apart from that see it's you just, must learn yeah it, it's gonna you don't know who you are it's gonna, first and foremost when you're talking about black people ask them their last name you don't know who you can't even trace where you come from. So, therefore, you've been lost a while now, you know? You don't know who you are. So, therefore, you tend to take on an identity 
on your surroundings. Remember, you just said, I grew up, I'm in the projects, mm-hmm. I come up. I'm doing what my surroundings. Guess who my role models are? Dope dealer with that car. That's mm-hmm. that's the first time that's I the seen, highest form of success. I seen hood. success that's with the highest that. Form of success that was the, the nice car drugs. I seen. It wasn't a doctor. Yeah. In fact, we don't go to the doctor. We don't go to the doctor. doctor. We don't go you to the doctor. Black, black, black men don't go to the doctor until it's too late. Too late. Too late. Go so to the that doctor, brother. Sign of success. You yeah. see that yeah. in front of you. But here's mentors. Now, if you really talk to, I don't care if they're gang leader, dope dealer, whatever they are. If they really spoken to you, honestly spoken to you, kid, go to school. Don't do what I do. Don't do this. Now, you're going to say, why are you not telling me whatever, whatnot? They see you, what you got, whatever. Because the truth of the matter is they know where that life ends. You don't see that. You in the crib. You, you home, man. Something You got to shut off notice. We, we got beans, rice, maybe no bread on the shelf. What you mean, man? I, your car, you know, you're in the, you're in the, you, you're in the projects with a, with a, with a, with a Rolls Royce or something, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. What? But it's the reverse thinking. We don't make education sexy. We don't make books sexy. Libraries yeah, stay empty. I can go to a library in any neighborhood. I won't see no one I know. Mm. Period. Wow. I know how to hide from you. I'm gonna go to a library. <laughs> That's where I'm going. That's facts. I will be right in your right in neighborhood. If I don't want to see no one, I don't gotta move states away. I go to the library every day, go in, go out, and never see a person I know. Yeah, that's that's hide it from in the books. Put it in the books. Yo, I heard a quote that said that if you want to hide something from somebody who's uneducated, just put it in the book. book. You'll never find it. Put it in the book. You're gonna catch them in the book. Put it in the book. Now to answer your question, um, because because everything because toxicity, right? The toxic culture and hood culture is Heavily promoted. I mean, you got artists dropping music every single day that's heavily with profanity and, and <laughs> drug use and just glorifying that that lifestyle. It's going to sound really cheeky to say this, but you just have to rise above. You really do. You got to, like, follow that path and understand that when you're chosen, um, that no matter what your surroundings are, you can be placed in a battlefield, but know that you can still find your way out. You know what I'm saying? You have several people that can do it, that have done it. Um, you may not know them, but you just have to find that path. Of how can I outgrow my environment. How can I be that rose growing from the concrete? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So grow it, no, no, I, fo- I follow you. Um, I think it's, you know, for us, it's easier said. Uh, I think a lot of people do struggle with it. Um, and even when they listen to this, they're going to re- fall back to their ways, which mm-hmm. is understandable. I mean, it is what it is. You can't change people. So John, based upon something you said earlier is that, um, you said, was it that the black community doesn't make, uh, education sexy? And I quote, Right. It's not as glorified. Okay. So with that being said, uh, I guess my question for you is in which ways can it be glorified? Because there's a lot of African-Americans and black people out there that are highly educated that could be way more influential than they are. But unfortunately, they decide to not open their mouth. And the people that do open their mouth, um, they're usually people that are in very small percentages of the world, uh, you know, like a lot of like the inner cities, uh, and I want you guys to correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to over misspeak or misrepresent. You know, they promote basketball and football and sports and all that. But touch what a ball you get there? That's what they, I've always heard. You touch a ball, you get there. You yeah, you touch a ball. But statistically, but yeah, statistically proven, that's not the case. So it's like one in every like thousand kids from high school or something actually make it to the NBA. So, and I don't want to discourage uh, young kids from actually trying to pursue their dreams, but at the end of the day, you got to have some type of, I hate when people say don't have a backup plan, right? Mm -hmm. It's not even like, I'm trying to word this properly. It's not the fact that it's having a backup plan, like you're going to fail that, but statistically speaking, 
they're not on your side. So you need that education is so valuable. Absolutely. You need to have something to where you can actually like succeed, but still pursue what you want to do. Absolutely. But still have that, that knowledge and that background to where like if, if shit hits the fan, you're good to go. A lot of athletes, even if they do make it, if an athlete is, is making it and they Mm -hmm. get injured, Mm -hmm. what do you got? Mm -hmm. Right. So I think like, People need to value education more, right? Like, I don't think enough African Americans like look into becoming a doctor, engineer, and I know it's changed recently, mm-hmm. but it's still like it, it should still be pushed a little more in the inner cities mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's a lot of intelligent people out there, right? Great. And I and I don't gifted, think, yes, and I don't think that, and it's just my opinion. Yours could differ from mine. I'm not in your community, right? I think like we need the right people placed in those inner cities to Absolutely. be like hey man like this is like you have so many options here like, you don't have to limit just mm-hmm. this like i don't think a, a lot of people preach like in the inner cities of like a business mindset but you notice but i'll say this pay attention pay attention to history though why a lot of people don't why we haven't seen another dr king another malcolm x another marcus garvey another nipsey hustle got claps every time you get one of them a spokesman to speak for the hood to unify to say rise above getting clapped you look at history. So I think that's why there's a lot of people who rather just go with the mundane of the lifestyle. Just kind of. Uh, and let's let's also say this. The West also preaches individualism. I wanted to make that point across too. Meaning, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. There's no collective unity of a community anymore. That might have been in our parents' generation where, again, you growing up, you getting in trouble. Yo, 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 the neighbor two houses down telling your mama, you better get Joe. He out here doing this out here, you know, just going crazy. And then your mom would know. There was a community feel nowadays, uh, back then. We lost that. It's all about individualism today. So I think a lot of people naturally aren't really collectively trying to save the neighborhood or the hood because they're trying to get out their damn selves. I think, uh, speaking <laughs> on Joe, was talking about uh, the economic. Economics is a big part of it. Like you mentioned, Pat, the Black Wall Street, mm-hmm. Tulsa, Oklahoma. The economics is a big start. When you talk about inner city and people minority, Spanish, black, whatever the case may be mm-hmm. in the inner city, they are consumers, you know, meaning mm-hmm. they spend more time buying mm-hmm. than actually mm-hmm. having their own. So Heavy now, consumerism so today, now how did that come into play? More or less, what we wanted was integration. Mm-hmm. But what happened when we weren't integrated and wasn't segregated, there is no... At one time, you had a black-owned banks. You had Spanish-owned banks. You had... When the last time you don't have dealerships, car dealerships, but they like riding cars, they yeah. like jewelry. Facts. How many? I don't. Even, I don't know. No, I don't know minority jewelers. I don't know no one that does does none of these things. We supermarkets, just normal stuff mm. that we consume. Mm. We no longer. You know, have and, any and control that's, And that's any group of people that's uneducated. They don't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. Females, they don't teach you how to be a Females wear weaves. Females wear all types of hair. You know, in the inner city. You know, <laughs> why don't Jesus. we have... Bro, cut, cut this part out. They do. <laughs> yes. They do. They, wear, they do wear extensions in I'm not in associated hair. with John. Neither no, am I. he's lying. Not at this topic. Listen, it is nothing wrong with it. look beautiful with the it all. The natural community it's is look, here. But why? My, my thing is, why do I go to a Chinese person yes. to get that yes. this is the yes. economic part yes. i'm talking about that's yes. what i was leading into no, that's facts that's why is a facts. chinese store doing this and why not one minority on one of these type of shops that's facts barber you're a barber we know what type of people are barbers most of your barbers why don't i know one barber mm. one one barber that goes to 
uh, some type of minority get their clippers, get mm-hmm. their, uh, you, I don't know none. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're consuming. You're just always consuming. Mm-hmm. You're never, ever economically building up but your community. Now, Because I, I want Joe to be able to speak his piece, but they, remember, they don't teach us that. If you're, they took away the trades. Na- in that's school, true, but the natural, starts. the natural person in the hood ain't figuring, ain't trying to figure out that they trying to get out the hood. Okay, yeah. they trying to get their mom out the hood. They trying to avoid straight bullets. Mm-hmm. They trying to avoid being included in the gangs. They're just trying to survive. So again, when you're stuck in survival mode, you only got one thing on your mind, and that's to survive. Mm-hmm. So again, you're not being taught in our school systems that, and you don't you're not gotta be, be you're all not the being, time. You're not being taught in your home how to be an entrepreneur and how to be of service to society. You're just trying to survive. So again, that's why, again, it's, it's, it's this very problem to wake has been up. going on, but at one point in time, you could pick up trades in school, like plumbing and, and don't a city. Do that no more, bro. Could, that's the purpose. I just told you now, now if you can't be a plumber, carpenter, you know, mechanic, this guy may don't be that much educated, but this is what he can do. Now he can go and be his own business. Yes. I mean, own business, own business, your own, you, your own, that plumber that has his truck with his name on it. He's his own boss. That's his own business. That's true. You know, yeah. carpenter, yeah, that mechanic, you know, you at the mercy of your mechanic with these cars. <laughs> it is what it is now. The mechanic, they took those trades out of the school. That's true. Yeah. Why? Because now you don't need to be that doctor or lawyer to get the six figures. They now. just want consumers now. Yeah. You know, you're your own boss. Yeah. Yeah, very solid point. Yeah, that's facts. So, boy, you Yo, go ahead. John was on fire. Um, <laughs> so, John, you said that uh, you know that your culture, uh, your community is uh, consumer based, right? Like it was a lot of like, uh, how do I word this properly? Um, here, I'll just go on the tangent anyway. So, who do you think the richest man in the world is? Definitely somewhere out in the Middle East. I'm just being funny, but for real, it could be. <laughs> I think so. The man that owns Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, right? In the world? Yeah, he's the richest man in the world. In the Middle East? No. On document, on document. I think I did research. From from an individual. Oh, okay, 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 not a family. That has to be listed right now. He's the richest man in the world. And he owns, what was it? Hennessy. Uh Uh-huh. Louis Vuitton. And that's what all the brothers are trying to get. There you go. You got the Henny for the night? We got the Henny for the night? I'm like, I'm tired of hearing that. So to John's point, like... A lot of like African Americans, like what they consume, right? Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. this man heavily profiting yes. from this, right? Yes, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that you know the community is is misguided, absolutely, of like materialistic things, absolutely. Because when you're the when you have more money than Elon Musk, mm-hmm. there's <laughs> over over materialistic things like that. The, what do you think that that goes to show? That goes to show as a society. That we are lost because again we are chasing material possessions as a high form of wealth acceptance. That shows that we are extremely lost as a society. And also, I don't have the stats to back this up, but the last time I checked last year, uh, African Americans were the number one ethnicity for owning like Mercedes too. It's it's a form of it's like a status thing, right? It is. It's low. I'm gonna be honest with you. I know what it is. It's low self esteem. It's I symbolize of success. Exactly, whatever bit, of, whatever bit of success. Because again, I know somebody who literally sleeps on the floor on a dirty mattress, but got the freshest jays every time you see that Jones online. They got them, so it's like any bit of form of validation Your and values. acceptance that I can get. So really, it is. It's low self esteem. I'm not trying to be, and it's we're not just jumping on poor blacks. It's poor, any poor white neighborhood, you're going to see that uh, uh, that prototype of human being. Where again, they have uh, uh, what is it called? House rich, home poor. So they don't take care of what they have. They don't, you know what I'm saying? They got the they got the freshest car, the freshest shoes, but you always late on your rent. 
Take care of the bigger bit. Take care of what you need to take care of first. Then you use the thing. All that other stuff is accessorized. It's, it's an accessory. So that's exactly that. Yeah, yeah. It just shows a low self, a low sense of self-esteem for us as a people. Me personally, when I see that, and unfortunately, you see the decades that have gone on, the amount of education. Again, Nipsey Hussle was a great person who really taught us wisdom and trying to be better mentally than just physical and tangible. And you saw what happened to him. So no offense, I'm not gonna say there's no like. <sighs> I'm not going to say I throw my hands up. I'm obviously going to speak my truth, and, and whatever happens, happens. But at the large time, man, Jesus says, let those that have ears speak. Uh, let those that have ears hear. A lot of people walk around deaf. They got ears, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that walk around deaf and ignorant, and they choose to be. I'm not wasting my breath, man. But it's like. <laughs> like, I hate to say that. It's tough, it's but it's honestly, true. like, all right. Like, he mentioned Louis V, and you know what? You know, my nugget got to have a Louis V this, Louis V back. Let's just simplify things, because our conversation it really starts, that's a way of life, and you got to learn certain values. Let's take someone who's just totally ignorant, but they're trying to find their way because where they at ain't what it Let's is. Let's take that person. Only out. thing if I could say to them, simple. Till you figure this thing out, this is called just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Do not invest in anyone or anything unless they're investing in you. Louis V. Uh, uh, Tommy Hill. They ain't doing nough for you and your community you. and your situation. <laughs> Put a pause on it. Mm. Put a pause on it. I like that. I like that. Put a pause on it. I like that. You're you're spending your last to this person who's not going to do nothing. If they build a community center where you live, I understand you. Until they sponsor you holding that handy bottle, you put the handy bottle down. Oh, that's a whole nother story. Put that mother down. Put it down. about the alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like Hennessy is a last name. Louis Vuitton is a last name. Like these are all people's like names. Like they put their name to it, right? That's real money. Exactly. Right. So the, so the thing being, right, um, I feel like, you know, all types of communities, instead of investing into other people's last name, you should invest into your own. Absolutely. Right. We, and are the, we, uh, we as African-Americans are the only people that we, I think, I forgot the statistics, but we do that the least. We do not put money back into our community. Correct. We, will, we, will, we are the fastest to spend our money, and we are also the fastest to spend it outside of our community. So nothing gets put back into the hood. So we complain about, why don't we have outreach ministries? Why don't we have communities for the youth? You ain't putting nothing back into the hood. You putting, you're not putting any of your money back in. Like you said, you go to the Asian shop, to the Asian lady, buying all this fake false hair. It's going to them. It's I, going to them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I got a real chance. You know, I'm growing, and, and you know, you see things through life. So I always respect older people. And uh, we went through the COVID uh, recently. I noticed around me, everyone got this stimulus money, right? You could have went to college. You could have went to and picked up a trade. You, The government was paying for these things. Why you sat at home and was giving you more money than you worked on your job? Guess where we were at? We were at Walmart buying TVs. You couldn't get a flat screen now, that right TV there shows during COVID. Kind of, again, that right this there shows what kind of, that, that right there shows the what kind of people we are. Thinking. Yes, we're willing to buy tangible possessions to feel good and to validate ourselves. And this will ourselves. never happen again. I, you will not be yeah, able to sit home not and, and make Y'all got more money. Yeah, we got off on that one. Yeah, you will not be period. able to sit home and the government give you more money. Real than quick, you. and we paying for it too. Mm-hmm. I When the pandemic first happened and we was just resting, I've always was told, ain't nothing in this life free. So the fact that we was just sitting back and getting some type of free money, I was like, we gonna pay for this in the future. But that and was we fine. OT now. Now, jo- now we working if, harder if, than if ever. Joe or Lee Boy picked up a trade while they were sitting at home, pay their bills. Ignorance. I hate to say this, people who they're not taught that, hey, so they're not gonna realize. You're not gonna say liquor stores stayed open during COVID. Drug use was at a high during COVID. Is that not? And Walmart, I said they was selling flat screens. What do you expect from that community and that type of mentality, though? 
You expect that. Um, here we go. It. Part of it can come into you can just become flat laziness. You don't want to work. It's the prototype. You of don't want to grind. Now, now that now, I, as much as the community, I do not want to get caught up because I do have a problem with certain minorities that sit around and think someone owes you something. I, I yeah. I you know, I got an issue with that. Yeah. Get up. And go out you and put your foot your in the mud. Out. Yeah, you quick to complain with your hand out, but you know, every chance you can why get. Why can't you be a trash man? Oh, you too good. Mm. Your light's off. <laughs> what you mean what you can't do? That's you a don't fact, feel though. like But doing. you know what that is? That's pride, though. That pride is ugly, man. It will have you sitting in a band, though, thinking can I tell you all you that. With, 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 with people that you rent with <laughs> landlords. Landlords love people with pride. <laughs> They stay, they landlords love people with pride. You got so much pride. Uh, my buddy has a truck out front, <laughs> and that notice on your door is because of your pride. You can't take pride to the bank. Mm. What are you doing? Mm. What are you doing? You're just going to sit there because a certain job you don't want where people who grind, mm -hmm. they'll take any job until they can find the job that they want. They do. At yeah. least something's coming in. That's what it is to be a man. That's what we're you here know? talking about this for. And then you get mad because you do find an opportunity. I ain't got no work history. <laughs> you wouldn't work. <laughs> you refused to work. That's you wanted fact, to take a That's job a that you wanted that you wasn't qualified a, And you for. know what's crazy? Those same type of people, that prototype of person that you're talking about, if you go back and look at them now, they still doing the same exact thing. People Man, who you know, want I'm, too I, much I credit for not enough work. I wish I got me work. another stimmy. You wish you had another one? This is what we're dealing with. People who want too oh, much credit yeah. for not enough work. Yeah, it's facts. This is what you facts. want. That's facts. You want to, you know, pat on the back. That's a bar. You know, right. not to putting the work in. That's right. You can't talk about no one who outworks you. Mm. Damn. Will you, what, what's up with these bombs? You just beat that. So he just decides to come in and just trash us. Okay. Um, yeah. So you said earlier that, uh, you know, nothing in this world is free, right? Nothing. Same thing when the government comes and says they're here for help, right? It's a problem. So the stimulus thing has always been a problem, right? Yeah. We'll wrap it up in a minute. Okay. So, we'll yeah. So, um. You know, they're going to give you money, but they're going to get it back tenfold. Absolutely. Right? And people didn't realize Which is that. why we're working overtime now. Exactly. And then I'll hit on your point. You said liquor stores stayed open during COVID, right? Absolutely. You know why they were... I've managed liquor stores. Do you know why they were considered essential? Because of alcoholism and they carry the lottery. Because the lottery is, they claim, is funding for schools. Mm -hmm. So that's why they considered it essential and for alcohol and for um, alcoholics. Wow. Because it's an actual disease. That's what they claim. Which it, it is. I, I don't yeah, want to. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to. I haven't been through it. Knock on wood. Thank God. But I'm yeah. saying that's the reason they stayed open. I didn't know if you if you knew that they were the reason. Wow. So, yeah. But wow. I would have gave you a Poland spring water. Wow. Told you to figure it out. Yeah. But <laughs> I got you. I got you. Because here we go again. Yeah. You know, unless you're getting the wine, no stuff there. Hennessy, uh, Remy, Remy. This stuff ain't cheap. <laughs> You could have bought a case, a couple cases of water, some groceries. You could have done a lot of things with this pint. Because that's that's what this just what House you get. House rich, home poor. You don't buy the essentials. You buy accessories. You rather accessorize than buy the essentials. Instead of getting water, you got you look in the go look go look in the hood and in the fridge. They got juice and, and and chips and all the bad food. Why don't you go get you some good water? Get you some good water with a good pH. You get what I'm saying? They don't do nothing. Yeah, like and that's again, not all we ain't talking about poor black. Poverty in general. The poverty is poverty. It don't matter what color. Perfect, so you just want to make perfect that example. If you see a rap well, we video, we out, we out, we out you see a top video or whatever, whatnot, they got a bottle or something, or if they got the cup, you know inside this cup is some type of alcohol. You ain't seeing people projecting drinking water. 
That's not what they're trying to project. It, it does a backwards thinking. It's just a backwards yeah. thinking, yeah. you know, and, yeah. it, and it's projected in you. Like you said, you are what you consume. Yeah. You consume that on TV. So to wrap it up, like you said, backwards thinking, this is why we're doing this podcast is to try to get people to redirect their form of thinking um, from our point of views. And again, none of us are doctors or scholars and all that. But again, what we do have on our, on our side is life and a lot of life experiences, a lot of challenges that have been set before us and probably continuously. Right. Um, so with that being said, we love y'all know that it's been real and uh, catch y'all on the flip gang gang. <laughs> uh.